Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Viking stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Nothing like going somewhere where you are appreciated and not tolerated. Ooh. And here's my point. You know, I've been there for 10 years. And yeah, everybody know Pat P going to come up to work. I'm going to do my thing. But it was almost like I was tolerated there. Versus being there in Minnesota, I'm appreciated. You know, guys want to, and not sitting there, and it's, it's separated from the players. Now, my, my the guys in the locker room, those are my guys. Yeah, they appreciate Pat. You're, you're, talk, you're talking about guys that don't wear a jersey, right? Oh, exactly. So, you know, now being 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 at you know this uh, in Minnesota, I feel more appreciated, and that feels good. Mm. <laughs> Pat P. I love referring to himself in the third person there, and Nick a Nick a third person nickname. Absolutely, Judd Z needs to be appreciated more here at Score North. <laughs> you know, you get yeah, you my guys, but I need to be pre- Judd Z needs more appreciation. You know, old macadax has got some takes on Pat Pete's takes about the Vikings. We'll get to. Uh, the Dexter, I'm sure, has a few takes too. This is Purple mm-hmm. Daily presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL Daily Vikings Entertainment in podcast form on our YouTube channel. Please click subscribe and the notification bell if you want to get Daily Vikings Entertainment just served just on a platter. Here is Here it is. You are being entertained 3D. through the prism of Vikings. It's 3D. Yes. So you go like that. 3D. Like yeah. House of right Pancakes there. on SCTV. Great. Wow. I don't know if I get that reference. House of John Pancakes. Can- uh, John Candy. Um, YouTube John Candy SCTV. House of pancakes. Oh, we'll do. Would you like some okay. pancakes? And then he I puts them Mr. towards John the. Candy. Oh, John I Candy. I can do a whole purple episode on John Candy. Big football honest. fan too. Yeah. Loved his yeah. football. Yep, he did. Yeah, uh, once was once was called out by Joe Montana <laughs> in a huddle. Ain't that John Candy? Yeah, yeah. Right. Super Bowl. So, so you heard from. Uh, let's get one more clip from Patrick Peterson here. Uh, one of the big splash additions on defense for the Vikings, and then react to a couple of things. Dex, sound yeah, like you. You sound like yeah. you're motivated. Yeah, I feel motivated. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, I can really come in here and, and, and help this team turn the corner. You know, I feel like I'm the missing piece. And what time that, it that, is? That's a chip on my shoulder right now. What, what time? What, that text I sent you when you showed me that positive? It's time, man. It's <laughs> cutting time. And it's going to be like that for 18 weeks straight, even on the bye week. That's <laughs> it's, a, it's it. ass cutting time. Ass cutting time. I don't know what that is, but so um, <laughs> you know, the more I think about this, like obviously the Vikings still have a lot of questions to answer. Can Kirk Cousins play at his best against the best teams in the biggest moments? Right? Um, schematically, are they set up to do as much damage in the regular season 
as they can to maybe get closer to getting a division title or a bye instead of just sneaking into the playoffs, right? But defensively, I really, really like what they've done with their secondary in that pod. By the way, Patrick Peterson has a weekly podcast for CBS Sports, and he talked about the dynamic, too, between him and Harrison Smith and how you know Harrison's not quite as vocal as Pat Pete is, but how already in the first handful of OTA practices, these two guys who've never played together before but have both played like 20 years of NFL football combined are just making eye contact and are just like telepathically communicating with each other you know, who should be where at what time. So um, it's hard not to love. And then Bashad Breeland coming in, what they've done to fix their secondary. Xavier Woods, right? Um, I mean, this is about as veteran-laden and established as you can make a secondary in the NFL, and it just depends on how much gas is left in the tank with a guy like Pat Pete. Uh, but I love to hear what he's saying so far under the – umbrella of our mission statement, which is win a damn Super Bowl before we die mm-hmm. here on Purple Daily. What did you think about the rejuvenated Patrick Peterson hearing from him? So they agreed also to terms with another cornerback reportedly last night. So the depth chart is now up to 11 guys, 11 guys. So there's sufficient depth now yeah, uh, yeah. between veterans and youngsters that if guys get hurt, you're probably going to be in much better shape than you were in 2020. I think that chance they're taking on Peterson on a one-year contract is a really smart one because one a guy like that's got a lot of pride so like he's going to unless he's just broken down which he might not be he's going to come in and it's going to be his mission to prove to the Cardinals that they were wrong which is great the other thing and this is what surprised me so much about last season when they didn't do it the other thing is a guy like Peterson is going to be a coach on the field. And and he's going to, I think, get how Zim coaches. Like, if you're a young player, I think it's just like a constant barrage of Zim sort of screaming at you and instructions. And I'm sure some of them help. But at some point in time, when, when it's a young cornerback core, I also think it sort of just gets lost. And you're like, my God, I can't do this right. I can't do that right. Peterson can interpret that. And Peterson can now pass things on to a dancer to help him improve. Uh among the many complaints that I've had about the Vikings, this is one where I think they've uh, gone in another direction, and I think it's smart. And for a guy like Zimmer to have a veteran like Peterson who can step in and clearly, as we, we can hear there, is incredibly articulate and like and very, very smart, that's a win right there. And a guy like that might have lost a step. He probably has lost a step, if not two steps. But when you know everything that he knows and and it can probably anticipate things, that's a win too. So yes, this is this is the type of player that I was really surprised they didn't get last year to help in the transition for guys like Dantzler and Gladney. Um, they should have done something like this last year. They failed to. They learned. And what's the one thing too? The show always talks about. The show always talks about what do you learn from mistakes? What do you learn? If you're going to get to be a championship team, you're going to screw up for sure. Do you learn from that and adapt and adjust? Or do you say, damn it, um, Dantzler has to be improved and we're not going to go outside? No, they didn't. So I like this a lot. And I love the starting point that a guy like Breland or Peterson is going to come in here. And they might not be as good as they once were, but they for sure can help. And there's a lot of pride there. Yeah, defense is also just so much about communication and understanding what you're seeing, and you might have to adjust on the fly and sort of just like make an educated guess as to what 
you know, Harrison Smith might be doing at the last second before the ball is snapped. And so the more you can just get guys, especially in the secondary, who've seen a million things in their career and they understand tendencies of quarterbacks and of wide receivers and routes and concepts, uh, this is Mike Zimmer's dream. You know, I do I do think he's rippable, and I think the organization's rippable for trying to go the young cornerback route for a number of years and essentially having all of that just be thrown out the window for 2021 because it just feels like they wasted a bunch of high draft capital resources when, in the end, all Mike Zimmer really wants is to just, like, Mike Zimmer's like the parent. Or like He really wants to be a parent, but he doesn't really want to change diapers, and he doesn't really want to deal with, like— He's a 70s dad. You know, the, He's the a 1970s twos. dad. Yeah. You don't deal with the children. You scold them right. and go and go have a drink. Yeah, he's like, well, just, my old man he, did. Call me when you're 16, okay? And you, yeah. you know, and we can when you can drive me around in my grow old up age. good, grow up good. He, you're, you're right. He want, he wants the kid to step in and play well, and he doesn't care how they get there. Yeah. Well, Mike, wouldn't it be like great to have help, a couple, but... couple young boys running around? Yeah, if I don't have to teach him how to, I don't want to have to teach him footwork or how to well, jam a receiver. And, you know? and the difference is this: with Rhodes, Mike helped him a ton, but he also had what. Newman and other veterans like that's what I that's what I didn't get about. I have no problem with developing guys, but what you need is is a guy that can coach them and then buffer guy. Newman was buffer guy, right? Like he knew what Mike wanted. And I'm sure if Mike went off on roads, Newman could go back and be like, "Okay, dude, here's what he means. And he could help. You didn't have buffer guy last year, which shocked me. Now you've got. If not, you know, one or two of those guys. So that's what makes sense now. And and I will say this. So of all of the people that are probably watching what the Vikings are doing now and saying to themselves, what the hell? I think the top one, Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris two years ago was fantastic. Why? Because the secondary was damn good. And and he could freelance and Smith could do his thing. And it wasn't perfect. Road struggled, but you still had your your veteran staple guys who knew the job, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Harris went from something like being tied for the league lead with five or six picks in 2019 to zero in 2020. It wasn't because he suddenly sucked. It's because he couldn't freelance as much and be a ball hawk because he had to be worried about, my God, what's Gladney doing now? Uh, what's Dantzler doing now? So he would be the one guy, and, and I would expect that Woods might be potentially sitting on a really productive year because, Phil, to what you're saying, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, guys who they might get beat, but they're not going to make dumb mistakes or concern you about where they're going and potential missed assignments. I think Woods is a is a candidate to have a pretty good year because he can play the Harris role of 2019, which is basically, okay, cool. I'll follow the football. Yeah. Uh, I, I just pulled up, by the way, because the real, the, the real comparison here is for, for a Mike Zimmer blueprint to go as far as it can go, right? Right now, 2017 is that blueprint. It's the best defense in the NFL. And it's sort of a ball control offense that can make some big plays down the field to big receivers, digs, and, and Thielen. We all know what happened in the NFC Championship game, but you could make a case. I think there's two. There's two things here. Uh, there's a yin, a yin and a yang. The defensive front was better at getting after opposing quarterbacks in 2017 than this one is on paper. Both had Daniel Hunter. This would, in theory, be a better version of Daniel Hunter than the 2017 version if he's healthy. But that 
2017 defensive line also had Everson Griffin still sort of in his prime. Uh, I think Brian Robison also still was getting run on that team, and he could still get after quarterbacks a little bit. So off the edge, they were better. And then Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph was a guy that you didn't have to pull off the field on third down. Um, the the interior defensive lineman, Tom Johnson. Tom Johnson inter- was good, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the interior guys they have now might be better at stopping the run. It's, it's different, but I think I think you'd give the edge to 2017 defensive line. But you could make a real case. The linebackers are the same, Kendricks and Barr. You could make a real case that this secondary, if it all gels together, is a better secondary than that one. So Xavier Rhodes in his prime was amazing. Trey Waynes was solid. Anderson Deho was just kind of a guy. Like, he was just kind of along for the ride. He was a headhunter, right? Uh, Harrison Smith, better version of him then than now, maybe. And then Terrence Newman is sort of the the third cornerback glue guy to bring it all together. I like this secondary. If Patrick Peterson still has a couple more years left in the tank, then that secondary. And if they can find, whether it's a Geno Atkins or just like a DJ Wanham steps up, if they can find a little bit more pressure along that defensive front, um, then we could be talking on paper about a comparable blueprint, and then it's all about how healthy do they stay, how much can Zimmer mold it, and adapt to how different offenses are now, even compared to four years ago. And now, and so off of all of that, the most important question becomes this. Can you get Hunter signed? Because if you don't, my entire view of this defense changes greatly. Because if you don't have him, you now don't have a left or a right end that you know can get pressure. And and you don't even need to get to the quarterback as much as the, uh, I believe, if you look back, 2017 team did. But what you need to do is you need to get constant pressure. And if we're talking about an inexperienced left and right end, you can't ask your cornerbacks and secondary to hold up enough, right? Like they're going to get beat because, because, uh, I would imagine the quarterback is going to have too much time. So really my entire view of this defense, and we'll, we'll obviously learn more with the mandatory minicamp next week, but my entire view of this defense is going to be colored by that one thing. Can you get Hunter here? Um, and that's where he sort of got him. That's where he sort of got him. Because, I mean, he can look and his people can look and, and go into – Spielman and Brzezinski and say, okay, you guys, I mean, you've done some great things here, right? But if, See, you, don't here, have, but if you don't have me, it's a problem. But he, here's the thing. And, Dex, can we cue up that first Patrick Peterson clip yeah. that we had to start the show with? Because I just want – let's play this again, and I want you guys to all put yourselves in the shoes of Daniil Hunter. And we had – there was the, uh, the Paul Allen report from last week that, hey, Daniil's got some former disgruntled Vikings in his ear and – they're telling him don't give in or you know whatever they're telling him. But if I'm Daniil Hunter and I've seen all the additions this team has made through free agency and the draft and Patrick Peterson is saying stuff like this. Nothing like going somewhere where you are appreciated and not tolerated. Ooh. And here's my point. You know, I've been there for 10 years. And yeah, everybody know Pat P going to come up to work. I'm going to do my thing. But it was almost like I was tolerated there versus being there in Minnesota. I'm appreciated. You know, guys want to and not sitting there. And it's, it's separated from the players. Now, my, my, the guys in the locker room, those are my guys. Yeah. They appreciate Pat. You're, you're, ta- you're talking about guys that don't wear a jersey. Right. Exactly. Okay, so, you know, now being 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 at, you know, this uh, 
in Minnesota, I feel more appreciated. And that feels good. You've got one of the great cornerbacks of the last 20 or 25 years just raving about how much he loves being in Minnesota and playing for Mike Zimmer and working with Harrison Smith. And you've, got, you've seen all these additions, and, and the offensive line looks to be improved through the draft, right? Wouldn't you be excited to get back and be, and be a centerpiece to that franchise? Like that's, that's my biggest question right now is, what is the hang-up right now? Are they haggling? Like, have the Vikings flat out said, dude, you're, you already signed a contract. We're, just, we're not going to do this until you step foot on the field again. Yeah. So just get your ass back to practice. Yeah. Like, wh- where is the standoff? Because I just don't Like, Why would Daniil Hunter, who's, he's, you know, he's already made millions of dollars. I'm, I'm not saying that he's paid what he's worth, but, like, I can see it from the Vikings' perspective, too. Dude, come back. Look at, look at all these pieces. Pat Peterson. Barr came back on a restructure. Like, let's get let's cu- come back in here, terrorize some quarterbacks, and let's let's go put the best defense on the field again. And and obviously he's not feeling that excitement like Patrick Peterson is feeling it in right. that podcast. Because Patrick Peterson wants to feel appreciated. He he got what a one year contract. Uh, he just wants to go back to feeling like the entire organization appreciates him. But he's sort of talking to. Hunter, in some ways, with what he says, though, because in Hunter's mind, it's not a we love you, Daniil appreciation. It's a we love you and we'll pay you. And and you know what? According to what Dukes has told us, Phil, this comes down to potentially one thing, the Bosa contract. And you're not near there. And, and he's going to say, hold, hold, hold on a second here. If I'm healthy, I am one of the most, if not the most valuable player on this team. And I look at Kirk's contract, and I look at Delvin just got a new contract. And if the Vikings are balking, he's saying he's going to basically take what Patrick Peterson said and said, that you know what, Pat P., I love you. In fact, I love everybody in the locker room, but I'm not appreciated by the guys who wear suits. And that's where he's going to have a, a leg to stand on because he's also going to say, do you understand that if I don't come back and play, like if, if I'm not there on opening day, a lot of, of the work that you did on this canvas is fantastic, but it's not complete. But I, you know what? Doogie has reported this for a long time. They looked at the Bosa contract and said, oh my God. And now the question becomes, and we don't know the answer to the question is, how close does he actually need to get to that? But I could see a real case being made that what Pat P said is exactly what Daniil at this point in his life is going to say, which is appreciation does not come in the form of opportunity. It comes in the form of payday. And then people will come back and say, but you signed. And he's going to say, yeah, but it's changed since then. And the, and the problem, too, is like from the Vikings, I'm looking and saying, thanks, Chargers. Joey Bosa is good. You're right he's about not Daniel, that. He's not, he's not, he's not Daniel Hunter good. Correct. Like, I mean, that dude signed a, what, a $130 million. I mean, his cap hit is going to be around $30 million, I think, in 2022. Yeah. Which is higher than probably 20 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And and so they've they've set just a weird market for edge rushers um, and for a guy coming off a neck injury. Now, just since we're on the subject here. Reckless speculation. You know, because there are other outlets that see what's happening right now, and Daniil Hunter has not shown up to the voluntary workouts. We'll see if he shows up to the mandatory workout. Then we'll really know, right? The yes. mandatory is when we'll... Next Tuesday. That, that's when rubber meets the road. Like Aaron Rodgers, 
can skip OTAs. That's fine. But today was the mandatory one that he didn't show up for, and no one thought that he would. But, okay, now it's a holdout. Now it's a holdout. Mm-hmm. It's not a holdout yet for Daniil. It's all just been rumblings and behind-the-scenes things that sort of spurt out to the public going back to Ian Rappaport's report last October, November. It becomes a holdout next week, potentially, for the first time, unless he has medical clearance to be, seating, uh, to be sitting out still. Yes. And so uh, sportsnot.com. That's right. Sports, N-A-U-T. Sportsnot.com. Reckless speculation. They have a handful of trades and NFL blockbusters off the Julio Jones trade. Other blockbusters that they would be interested in seeing. And it talks about, you know, to say that Hunter is not happy about playing under his current contract would be an understatement. Uh, Only 26 years old, he's been among the most productive pass rushers in the NFL going back five years. So here's the idea that they floated. Daniil Hunter to the Raiders. And the Vikings would get the former fourth overall pick, Clellan Farrell, edge rusher, still young, mm-hmm. going into his third year, mm-hmm. and a first-round pick from the Raiders in 2022. Would you guys at all, or what would it take for you to start entertaining trade ideas if you just like couldn't reach an agreement and he was, like, the Vikings have leverage here, but what would it take for you to start to entertain, like, all right, first-round pick and good young edge rusher with some upside for Daniil Hunter and just be done with it. If he's not going to show up for training camp and I'm not going to pay him, and I, I guess my question is this, is the BOSA contract what you need to either get the equivalent of and or exceed it, or are we talking about get in the ballpark? Because if, if you need to get in the ballpark, I think I can go there. I really do. I mean, this is this – is, and I'm very concerned about the neck, but he is, when healthy, a special player with, what, 14 and a half sacks in the last two healthy seasons. Uh, and I would much prefer not to trade him. But if I have drawn a line in, in the sand and I am going to do my best to clear up my cap, and I'm pretty sure the Kurt's gone after 2021, uh, and now I'm going to have more room, um, here, here's my problem. Because I think Daniil Hunter's a fabulous player. My problem, Phil, is what you said in referencing the Bosa contract against quarterbacks, which is, well, he's going to make more cap-wise against the cap than X amount of QBs. I don't think I can do that one. I just don't. Uh, So, yes. So if he tells me, look, I need to exceed the Bosa contract, and if I don't, I am not showing up, I think you're forced to. I think your hand is forced to consider trade options. And I don't want to do it. But doesn't isn't he in the same spot as Aaron Rodgers where, all right, dude, you can hold out, but like now the team can fine you and you're yes, not going to sit out. You're going to sit out the whole season. But are you going to? But are you going to? The question then becomes: Who would blink first? Rodgers is in a might. better position at yes. age 37, having banked you know 200 million that whatever he's banked. Daniel would be like, losing money he cares about. I'm not sure Aaron will be. Yeah. I think everyone probably cares about 35 million, but he would care. It would be less of a dent to his net worth, Rodgers. Yeah. Than if Daniil Hunter were to play the same game of of chicken. But I'm just telling you if a if a player, I've always gone back to this. The one thing is, if a player is going to make the team's life miserable and become a huge distraction, you have to factor that in. I I get so frustrated by by fans and people in our end of the business who who are like, "Oh, the, the Teams tell us they don't care about distractions. That's such BS. 
Distractions derail seasons. The the amount of distractions that you can tolerate has to be decided. So that's it, it, that's a key that's a key factor that people don't talk about enough. And maybe distraction is just the, the wrong word. It's you want going into a year in which your goal is to win big. You just want everyone happy as possible on the same page and running toward the same goal, right? And if if there's a couple guys, I mean, you know, the the biggest example I can think of and it's a it's a little apples to oranges, different sport. But when the Timberwolves lost to the Lakers like 15, 17 years ago in the Western Conference Finals and Sam Cassell got hurt, and the idea was, all right, wow, if we would have had Cassell healthy and MVP KG, right, we would have won the championship. So the next season, the idea was, all right, let's, let's get the band back together. Let's get Spree and Cassell back in here, KG, and uh, let's just run it back. Let's run it back. Well, I think both Cassell and Sprewell had contract issues. Sprewell like Sprewell, did. Can't feed my family. Yeah, Sprewell, he turned down like a three-year, $21 million deal because it wasn't enough to feed his family. Yes. And then he never, got, he never got a comparable deal ever again in the NBA. But it was – everyone had a different idea of what they were worth. And no longer did they have everyone on the same page marching forward. And the Wolves finished out of the playoffs, had to blow it all up right. Yeah. In a year in which the head coach's job is on the line – Rick Spielman's job might be on the line. I think Mike Zimmer's job is more urgently on the line than Rick Spielman's, to be honest with you. The quarterback really only has one solidified year left. He does have a contractual year left next year, but that's more of a trade me or extend me um, marker in the ground. Yes. I worry a lot less about, well, how much is that Daniil Hunter contract extension going to cripple me in 2023, right? Like, I think the Vikings are in a spot where it might look like they have leverage because, well, Daniil's is he going to get fined? Is he going to is he going to just forfeit his paycheck? Well, are you guys decision makers of the Vikings going to forfeit a season in which you want to win a Super Bowl? Like you need Daniil Hunter if you want to win a Super Bowl. And so, while it's a little bit frustrating that Daniil Hunter isn't just like ready to come back for seventeen million, prove that he's healthy, and then address the contract, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be annoying if I'm. Rick Spielman, it's also annoying if you're a fan to look at the Vikings front office and say, dudes, go win a Super Bowl. And you need Daniel Hunter to win a Super Bowl. And and for that to happen, it looks like he needs a new contract. So I swallow hard and I make it happen. Hey, kids, how's the water? It's full of weeds. I can't move my legs. Uh, your arms are free, right? Yeah. yeah. Wave them around. It's fun. you kidding me? This can't be happening. This is Jamie from the Aquaside Company. Clear your water completely. Destroy weeds, algae, and the muck that's preventing you from enjoying your waterfront property. We know your time in the water is precious. We're the Aquaside Company. Call 800 800- 328-9350 or visit Aquaside.com. State permit may be required. And there's no question in my mind that the head coach is going to want the contract done. Like there's no, Zim has no incentive to, to be like, let's lowball him again. You, you know, let, let's make him miserable. So this would be coming almost entirely, I would guess, from Spielman and Brzezinski, right? Because it's there, it's the future of that contract. Like if, if you're Mike... Everything that you've gotten the team to do comes a bit undone if Daniil's not playing. Um, Here's the other fly-in-the-ointment problem that Paul Allen broached that I find to be interesting because it was clearly shared with him by by the team. And I think if it's shared by him from the coming from the team, there's concern, and it's probably legit, okay? 
If Daniil Hunter doesn't get a contract extension, and let's say he comes back and he's miserable. I mean, he still plays, but he's miserable. And and he is really being talked to by the Stefan Diggs, the Griffins, right, who have access to grind there. And he's sharing. I mean, and, you know, Stefan Diggs, big name, big name, real good player. And he's sharing what the axe to grind is there. That creates a culture and environment you don't need. Because these are young guys. And I'll tell you right now, they're impressionable. And so if Hunter's like, yeah, you know, I talked to Ev again last night. And you know what else he's screwing around with? So I'm just saying this is not a cut and dry of make the player suffer. He signed. There's a lot of other things that come into play. And and I don't think that somebody would have shared that with PA if they considered it to be just like, who cares? Yep. There are certain, I think there are certain years, the Twins have been guilty of this, where you're thinking about, man, we don't want to mortgage the whole future. We don't want to give away these prospects at the trade deadline because, yeah, we can win now, but we also don't want to just completely cut off the window from two, you know, two years from now. There are some times to be worried about the future window and the cap and prospects. And there are some times where you just need to put all of your chips on one season's table. And right now, to me, feels like a time where you just don't worry about 2022 and 23. If you need to pay Daniel Hunter for this year to make this year happen, you do it. Period. Yep. So, And guess what? The Packers might be crippled. It's hilarious. Like, but if so Jordan Love QB. or Blaine Gabbert is starting as QB one, the division is yours. If Isn't you're the it Vikings, Blake Bortles, is it Bortles or Gabbert? Oh no, it's Bortles. Bortles. I, I get them Bortles? mixed up. There, I saw. I it doesn't matter. Same, same guy. I don't know how. If Christian Ponder's starting for the Packers, the division is yours. By the way, I saw a very cryptic Sam. I I don't know why I follow Sam Ponder on Instagram, but I follow oh, Sam she, Ponder on Instagram. She's blocked me. Phil for would like oh, Phil would like so, to follow her, yeah. but Someone, he's not allowed. So she always does like live Q or not live, but like Q and A's on her stories. And she said, "Is your husband ever going to go back and playing football again?" Obviously referring to Christian. He said, "No, but there is Play? a yeah." And he said, "No, he's done playing, but there is a that's not his choice. It, it that's Sorry. true, <laughs> but there is a big time announcement coming from him in a broadcast booth, apparently." Well, this is—I've been waiting for this, so I don't know a where. Time, I bet he's going to be there, big time announcement. I—I uh, I, I probably am paraphrasing the big time. Okay, but right. she said that there is a broadcasting announcement involving CP7, as they like to call him. Uh, very here's uh, write this so down. Like Fox ACC Co- Network. Fox, that, that's what it is. Fox College. Yeah, he's something gonna, like he's Fox. He's going to be the lead ACC color commentator. I bet that's probably what it is. And that's fine. That's not a big time. I've said for. Yeah. Well, yeah, but in her mind, it's her husband. She loves him. She sees him as being a success, despite the fact he's a complete failure at football. So, I mean, it's a big deal to her. Okay, let me ask you guys this, because we've definitely clowned in him a lot. So he's clearly looking to get into broadcasting. Yeah, and he's good. What if he, He'll be fine. What if, what if he wanted to, for whatever reason, what if, he wanted, what, if, what if he was available to be on Purple Daily like once a week? I'd take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, take him in a heartbeat. He's good. <laughs> Great. No, he's good. No, he's, he's, guys a, ones ripping he's a smart look. Just because he was, he did not have. I got the, breaking news, but I got big news yeah. for you guys. Actually, he starts on Monday. Yeah. It'd be great. I'd take him in a second. I think he'd be really good. He was always a a good guy, well spoken. Um, I, I think he would, if he's not playing, avoid the cliches. Now, of course, as a player, he didn't, but a lot of players don't. Still I think he'd avoid the cliches. Easily correctable. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, Les said mm-hmm. the same crap, and I love Les Frazier. But anyway, yeah, I I would take him in a heartbeat. If he could be so call, so call self, if he could be self-deprecating, like Sage Rosenfeld is the reason why, and we, and we, and, you know, we might mix him back in too in 2021. But like, he was so self-aware and self-deprecating about 
his standing as a he was in the league for twelve years, mostly as a backup. Mm-hmm. And he was you know he had a couple decent little seasons starting in spurts for the Texans. He actually never started for the Vikings. Yeah, but he's very much like tongue in cheek and self aware. He'll make fun of himself. You know, Dan Orlovsky will make fun of himself. Like if Christian can make fun of himself, he can be a great broadcaster. If he can make fun of himself and have opinions, right? If he's not going to do either one of those things, it's going to be it's going to be yeah. tough for him. Yeah, but not that we have all the answers, but I I'd be down for it. Yeah, if he's going to get I'm back into broadcasting, and then yeah, he could bring his wife on, and Phil and her oh, could God. smooth the it over. There is, dude, she. So I I followed her. I think when she was just doing like college football sideline stuff, like even before she met Christian. She's Sam. What Sam Steele? Sam Steele. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And so what happened was. I just I realized I realized one day that like someone had retweeted someone and it said this tweet is unavailable. And so I clicked. Oh, like I clicked and it was it was a tweet from her that I couldn't see because she had blocked me. Mm -hmm. And what we had figured out, just like talking to some different media members and other Vikings fans, I had never tweeted at her ever. So there was no way that she would ever just like see it. uh, I wasn't like chirping her on Twitter. She had a feed of some kind a Christian ponder feed of some kind that she would just rapid fire block anyone on Twitter that was tweeting bad things about her husband. Yeah. That's how she blocked me. I'm not <laughs> blocked. A bunch of other Vikings. Fans. I'm not blocked. So it's incredible. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, all right. I'm good. Sam well, Ju- but Judd's been blocked oh. by Adrian Peterson, Cordero Patterson. Patterson. The, the weird one for me. And I, Alex and I, Meyer blocked me. That was I, my favorite one. That's Alex, a good one. Meyer. Alex Meyer. The weirdest one for me is Matthew Berry of fantasy football. I don't know. And I have no receipts to prove it. I've 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 no receipts to prove why Matthew Barry ESPN of fantasy football has me blocked. That sounds like an accidental block of some sort or some weird. It's the did weirdest. You get, did you get thing. drunk yeah, and just criticize him for some no. wide receiver two and, takes? And, or and I would have had the I don't receipts. Think Declan cares enough. Yeah, yeah. I would have. I would have kept. But you the don't receipts. play, right? No, I quit fantasy, after yeah. twenty fifteen. Yeah, I, qu- I think he saw me quit and he said, "I don't want it. This kid's not going to get my." I takes. quit, and you know what? We're still. I won my league and I went out. This we're tight. We're very. There was no Peyton Manning flutter ball there. It was just a championship season. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, we gotta go. Okay. I gotta, I gotta go. go. I gotta run. I gotta go. I gotta go. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Write That Down on Purple Daily.